You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. For more interviews and stories, visit chirpradio.org slash podcasts. This is Mick, and you're listening to the Chirp Radio Podcast. I am here in studio with Molly from Uma Blue. How are you doing today, Molly? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Cool. Well, thanks for joining me. So getting into the music, mm-hmm. um, like I pick up a lot of you know classic vibes off of uh, what I'm hearing off of Meow and some of the other um, singles, uh, you know, Lullaby, uh, sort of a 60s folk um 60s folk and soul like maybe a little bit of jim morrison influence maybe some jefferson airplane am i grasping at straws here or what (laughs) what are what are your influences what goes into your music it's it's hard to say i mean i feel like i grew up and i didn't grow up in a super like musical household like i think we listened to like um mix 106.5 so i knew that's a cleveland radio station okay okay, i don't know why i was like you would know um so it was just like a lot of the hits so like i knew a lot of like just everyone's like i didn't i didn't even know like to listen to full albums like i always just listened to like singles that um people were really known for or like if we did listen to an album, it was like soundtracks, like uh-huh. um, the Lizzie McGuire soundtrack was a big one for me. <laughs> or like, wow. yeah. um, I don't know, we had like a Nelly Furtado album. Like it was just like super random stuff that you would like see it like, you know, Barnes and Noble on their like, right before you yeah, check yeah. out or so something. Yeah, the impulse purchase type stuff next to the candy bars. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't really, an, honestly, until college that I think I really started delving into um like just I realized how much music existed I know that in high school I got really into like The Cure I like The Cure a lot Mm -hmm. um and definitely like anything 80s I just I love the 80s they were like they had nothing to lose they were like (laughs) everything's crazy they're just going for it yeah there's no rules um and so yeah they're good I I remember Angel Olsen like I think was a big one for me and every 20 21 year old girl in chicago especially um i listen to her a lot patsy klein i like old country jim reeves okay super great um i think i did a lot of like more folky stuff because i i got my first guitar when i was eight but it was an acoustic so Mm -hmm. i think that i was like i'm just gonna go for this sound for a little bit and then i bought my first electric that same summer that i was playing that all those cabarets and stuff um and then i got more into like oh, there's a lot more sound that can happen. Um, but yeah, oh my gosh, it's it's always hard to say. I always like, I have like a note in my phone of like people I listen to for this question because uh-huh. I'm always like, God, there's so many. Um, like I love Talking Heads. I love um, I love Patsy. Just going to say it again. So again. a lot of post-punk, a lot of country. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of singles, right? A lot of singles oriented music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is interesting because you've been mostly releasing singles up to this point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that seems like a pretty comfortable space for you. Um, was that sort of a deliberate um, decision to release, you know, to start out as a, as a singles artist and then transition maybe um, into something bigger or is this, um, is this just sort of how it happened? It's pretty circumstantial. Okay. I think it's, um, 
part of it was that I didn't want to overwhelm myself going into recording because it felt so permanent. And uh-huh. that was another thing with my performance is that I kind of like ebb and flow. Timing's really hard for me to like stay consistent because I, the uh, emotional impact of the songs are always, that's the biggest thing for me. And so I want to stay mm-hmm. true to whatever that feeling is. And I think that that's something I'm learning in my songwriting is maybe just to pick one feeling then. Cause I, you know, I can't do three cause then it's like three different songs, but that's ended up being interesting. So I won't limit myself too much, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think that going into recording, um, I just wanted all the songs to be as perfect as they could be. And then, um, then it just ended up being like, you know, time, money, finding people to do it, getting mm-hmm. everybody in the same place at the same time. And so last June we went in and we recorded with Doug Malone over at Jam Deck and we just did, I think we did, oh my gosh, like it was, I think it was nine songs with the band. And then I have another, like, I think like maybe seven solo songs we did and we did it in three days. So we just like plowed through the band and I at that point had done, it was just a three piece at that time. And, um, I mean, we played so much that these songs we were like, we just got to get them done. Like, yeah, let's just go yeah. do it. And then, cause I had been, you know, I'm writing more songs, but I don't want to lose these other ones mm-hmm. and get too far mm-hmm. ahead of myself. You don't want to so. lose the feel for them before you can record them. Yeah. 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 So it's just this whole year has been, we just got the masters back for those two singles. We're gearing up to, to release one of them on Valentine's day. Um, but yeah, no, I think that albums, I, I'm excited to start doing more album focused things. And yeah. I'm not super concerned with being a prolific artist. I'd uh-huh. rather just put out stuff that I think are like huge chapters of my life and just have them all together for whoever wants to listen to them. Yeah, like literally an album. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> single so far um and i was curious about some of the imagery but i think that you've answered some of my questions already by uh, revealing the fact that you um you know are a burlesque dancer you know a lot of the you know soft satin you know imagery that is there i'm sure is drawing from that um but there's also there's also just like some angst in these <laughs> images. Yeah. <laughs> like I would describe them as, I would describe them as like desperate femininity. Um, sure. Yeah. How would you, okay. Like, could you, That's could okay. you unpack these things for me? Like they're so, <laughs> they're so lovely. Thank you. Um, yeah. Well, so I found that definitely when I first started doing burlesque, the biggest thing I noticed was that I was really, really angry. I was really mad. And I, wow. you know, just from, I think, um, a lot of stuff that I hadn't dealt with. Um, and I, you know, I think I, I had like a long history of like, you know, I, I didn't grow up in a musical home, but I knew I wanted to do music, but I was kind of like, I was just, I, I grew up real cagey. Um, I got sent to boarding school when I was a junior. Um, and not by any means. I'm like, these are a list of my traumas that right, made right, me right. do all this You're stuff. You're not trying to pathologize things. No, yeah. no, no. But just that I think that I literally felt very inhibited from um, growing up in Cleveland and not really 
seeing my surroundings reflect what I was feeling and then going even, you know, to the East Coast, this like boarding school that like, oh my God, I had no business being there. Like (laughs) it's just not a match. Um, And I was only there for like two years and then I came to Chicago and I finally was like, Okay, it was like an exhale. Like uh-huh. I, there's there's avenues for me here, and you know I'm scared of all of them, but I know, know that these are things that I've imagined and pictured and wanted um, even before I knew what they were, and so then I I just truly like um, feel like I stumbled into burlesque. I mm-hmm. I just I think I watched like one Dita Von Tees video, and I was like, sure, yeah, I could do that. You who's, know, who's Dita Von Tees? She's like um, she's like. There's not a lot of fame in burlesque. Like it's definitely like a um there's a it's a niche community for right, sure. Right. Um but she's like the most she was like married to like Marilyn Manson for a little bit. Oh. Just like she does like full world tours wow. and I she was like a she used to be a ballerina turned um burlesque dancer and she's just like famous for being like a a sensual figure, I guess. Right, right, right. Um and there was something in that I guess I I was like I knew I wanted to perform um, I was in acting school, but there was like something about burlesque that I was like, I feel like I just needed that kind of movement. I wanted to tap into that side of myself. And so I went in and burlesque was so freeing because it's so not about being sexy. Like, uh-huh. I mean, I think it ends up reading that way, Yeah. but you're just watching somebody like feel pride or, or I don't know. It's just like a any type of dance but like especially burlesque because it can really be anything that the performer wants it to be and you're never held to like any I mean I guess depending on the venue but where I was at it was like do whatever and I was in there and I just yeah it was just it was very liberating and I think from there it's like there's always been something I felt Within me that, you know, I, I guess everybody has it, right? Where it just knows yeah. more than you do. And burlesque and that kind of movement allowed me to find a place for that feeling. Um, and it kind of was the catalyst of me being brave enough to pursue music, to do mm-hmm. the solo career, to start showing people like truly what I, who I am. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's a fantastic journey. It was a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, before I said I had described the images as desperate femininity, um, and what I meant by that was that it was clear that there was something that you're trying to convey and that there's something that you that you're that you want that it's important for your audience to understand or the person who's viewing the image to um, that you get across to them, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's an urgency to the imagery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's funny because I think that um, I wouldn't have been able to describe it this way, but like the the need to say something and I'm not even necessarily sure like what that something is Mm -hmm. for me. Um, I think that anybody else could name it. But like for me, it's just like something intuitive. And I I almost I don't even really want to describe it because I don't want to like taint it with words right you know? right box it in yeah right yeah so it's just kind of like i think that um yeah i don't know i i guess maybe it's just like a a feeling of being alive that i needed to be seen and i needed to feel um or i guess it's like it's it's funny like performing so interesting because it's like pe- the more people are there the like the more you can get out of it but truly mm-hmm. it's like there could be 
you know, one person there and just like having somebody else there to like profess it to changes everything. Um, so yeah, yeah, I would agree that, that I do feel urgently. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well, this is, this has been a really wonderful interview. Thank yeah. you so much for coming to the station and braving the cold and oh, um, having a conversation with me. Uh, this has been Mick with the Chirp Radio podcast and I have been in conversation with Molly of Uma Blue, local singer-songwriter. She has an album coming out later this year, but a new single on Valentine's Day, so keep an eye out for that. Thank you again, Molly. Thank you so much. and other interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Chirp Radio, hear what's next.